Linux Out Loud is firing up our mics, connecting those headphones as we search the community for themes to expound upon. We keep the banter friendly, the conversation somewhat on topic, and we have fun doing it. This week, we are spouting off about discovering new apps in Linux, or even in general. So let's get episode 25 started. Linux Out Loud is brought to you by DigitalOcean and Bitwarden. With me today, raining down, refreshing camera knowledge on a hot summer day, Wendy, and sticking the entire network with game suggestions that is welcoming as a hot gust of wind that sticks the dust in your face on a humid July afternoon. Matt, how are you too? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that means I'm a persistent, constant reminder of games that you should be playing. Something like that. I'm okay with that. He's <laughs> like, interpret that however you want. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Do you know, I did not start it this time. We're talking about someone put it in the title. Well, no, you did start it. Yes, in the show note title. Yes, but the banter I did not start because (laughs) I did not do the introduction. That was all Nate. I was triggered by your title. (laughs) For those that are wondering, Nate is still running Arch and loving it. I'm running SteamOS and loving it. Thank you very little. (laughs) Wendy, you got the first LEGO League team stuff picked up already. Are we that close to school? This is the stuff from last year. This is the stuff that I'd planned to play with all flipping summer long. And I finally got my hands on it on Friday just because the summer's been so crazy. And I haven't even cracked the box open or got the mat out yet. But the plan is to spend the next couple weeks like building a robot, playing with it, doing some Python code with it. Because our season is actually coming up really fast they drop all the stuff for the current season on august 2nd and normally we would do a kickoff party then where we get to watch it hang out as a team and talk about some of our plans for the upcoming season but we had some kids that actually won't be in town that day so we're moving our launch party to the 9th so we'll get together as a team starting then We will already have our kit of goodies at that time, all the game pieces that need to be built. So we'll start building them, putting stuff together, and just start talking about what our game plan for the year is. So I'm super, super excited about that. Kind of bummed that our summer's gone by quite so fast, but in the end, it will be tons of fun. And I'm looking forward to breaking out the stuff from last year, really getting to play with it, And I plan on videoing a lot of that and sharing it with the kids so we kind of have some stepping stones, some guides as we're preparing for this coming year. Well, I totally agree that the summer is just rapidly slipping through the fingers. At the same time, in some ways, I'm kind of looking forward to this school year. I'm a little bit in between on there because of, you know, some things I've learned from you know, you and the community for things I want to implement this year. And also hearing about your new LEGO League adventures actually excites me as well and really wants me to seek that out locally for me. We're actually adding another team to our LEGO League group this year. So there isn't just stuff for the older kids. The LEGO League team that my son's on is for the oldest group. So in some countries that goes from 10 to 16, but in the United States that goes from... I believe 10 to 12 or 13. I'd have to look that up again. It's a lot younger, that cutoff in the United States. But they do have younger groups from like really, really little kids. And then we're adding two six to 10-year-old groups to our list of teams. I'm going to be crazy busy with robotics this year. 
but it's going to be a blast. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a blast, but I'm a little bit biased in what I think is a blast. So call it what you like. <laughs> Nate, you biased? No, never. <laughs> Can't say that. <laughs> Listen, Matthew, <laughs> I admit my biases. I won't say you don't, but you also, hmm, those biases cloud your judgment at times, shall we say. I don't deny that. Mm-hmm. That's very much true. They're almost like <laughs> they're fanboy biases. I don't know if I would say fanboy necessarily because I'm a middle-aged man. But you have an inner geek child. This is true. Some of us never <laughs> mature. No, no, we do not. Wendy's just as bad as me or Nate. I have no idea what these things are that you speak of. I'm the good one today. <laughs> I haven't said anything naughty today. This is true. Wendy's the good one today. Operative word today. <laughs> Don't let it be fooled. And with all the naughtiness, you still have Gamesphere going on Mondays at 9 Eastern. What was the last game that you played and what's coming up? The last one that I played was, I believe it was Blackguards 2, which ended up crashing right to uh, the Switch home screen. So there was that. Well, that's fun. Then the game that I played last week was uh, Loopmancer, which was the game I recommended last week. Uh, it's a 2.5D cyberpunk side scroller beat up kind of game this is a weekly thing you are correct it's 9 p.m mondays every week unless my work schedule dictates otherwise we just pick a game talk about it you know talk about the graphics and all the gameplay and all that fun stuff uh sound not so much because you know youtube copyrights and music and audio are kind of a thing unfortunately that's not always an option Fun time. I get to make fun of Ryan and Michael the entire time about how bad they are at video games. So it's fine. That's the fun part for me. To be fair, that is kind of the fun part for me too. Those little digs, they are entertaining. Especially when they're not directed toward me for a change. <laughs> I only keep my digs directed at where they need to go, though, Nate. When I'm here with you, they need to go to you. When I'm on my own stuff, they need to go to Ryan and Michael. <laughs> I got to keep it fair. Fair and balanced. I like your, your fair and balanced trolling. That's nice. Oh, of course. <laughs> I would never be that way, Nate. Never, never. Never unfair and unbalanced? No. While (laughs) I might not ever be unfair or unbalanced, something that always is unfair and unbalanced is Bluetooth, Nate. And apparently you actually got something that relates to that. I did. So I broke down. I've been ho-humming about it for quite a long time, but I finally bought myself some Bluetooth earbuds, like with those rechargeable case things. Pop them in the case and they recharge while they sit in there. And they were rather expensive, But I bought them. I had a lapse in judgment or something. And I have to say, wow, are they life-changing. It might be a little bit dramatic to say so. But one, they work great in Linux. So I use them on my laptop quite a bit. And they, of course, work with your Android phone and whatnot. But it's great for like when I have to mow the lawn or if I'm out doing outdoor chores and tasks. They work great for that. Actually, I just used them this past Sunday on our Tux Digital Creators meeting. And so I was using that. I don't know how it sounded on the other end but it has a microphone on it as well. And I've really been enjoying just the convenience of it. I've been one to not really go for the Bluetooth earbud thing because I've been concerned about losing them or the quality or having to recharge them. They wouldn't last very long, but these are great. They're Raycon. I bought them online called Everyday Earbuds and they truly are. They stay in my ear pretty well. I don't run with them because I don't run with anything in my ears because I want to make sure I can hear the car before it hits me, essentially. Yeah, I don't wear them running, but like for other activities when there's no chance of me getting hit by a vehicle or, you know, an airplane or something, a stray elevator, I'll wear them. And I really like them. They're very convenient to take with you. And I'm actually surprised how much I like them. It's very surprising that I would like some bit of new technology like this. So Nate and new technology. Where's Nate? What have you done with him? I don't know. I think he's sick. I'm going to guess so too. He's done a lot with new technology lately. 
And I have to say that I've had some in the past and absolutely love the ones that I had. The ones that I had before, you could have one or both earbuds connected, which is really nice. So when I was around the house, but I still needed to hear what children are up to or other things that were going on, I could have just one earbud in and then go about my day in the house and then say I was lifting weights or whatnot and wanted both earbuds in just pop the other one in, it would connect too, and everything would be good to go. Super handy. After I got my dates pierced, then I couldn't use those earbuds for a while, and I got my set of over-the-ear headphones. I foolishly let my children use them during that time, and the case got trashed. (laughs) So I have not bought myself new earbuds, but it's definitely on the list of things to do. I was in Costco recently and they had some skull candy ones on a pretty good discount that I almost grabbed but didn't. So I know I do want another pair. Like I love my over-the-ear headphones. They're really comfortable for doing things like this. I use them all the time for recording shows. But just the in-ear rechargeable earbuds are so handy for everything else. It's surprising how handy they really are. This episode of Linux Out Loud is brought to you by DigitalOcean. Cloud computing can be, let's say, complex, but standing up reliable, affordable cloud infrastructure really doesn't have to be. At DigitalOcean, you can enjoy a comprehensive portfolio of compute, storage, database, and networking products that put your cloud infrastructure in capable hands so you and your team can get back to doing what matters most, building world-changing apps that grow your business. DigitalOcean also provides you with predictable pricing, robust product docs, and services that developers love. DigitalOcean helps teams regardless of size, whether you're a team of one to a team of 1,000 people. DigitalOcean helps your team grow with their simple, powerful cloud computing services. As a listener of Linux Out Loud and a member of the DLN community, you can get started for free. In fact, even better than free because DigitalOcean is giving you a $100 credit when you sign up at do.co slash tux2022. That's do.co slash tux2022. So again, you can get started with your $100 credit on DigitalOcean's awesome cloud platform by going to do.co slash tux2022. And we want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Linux Out Loud. How do you come across new applications to try out. I find that sometimes, you know, the suggestions and things like Discover or Gnome Software or even the Android you know, Play Store, they'll suggest an application that is actually useful. But I've been going through this period of time where nothing has been interesting or I've not really been seeing new applications. It's always kind of the same applications over and over again. So at this point, how do you discover new applications? Do you talk to people on forums? Do you feel like maybe there aren't as many new applications available to discover? Or is there some sort of a problem here in bringing these new things to the forefront? Last new application I started using was Fairmail on my Android phone. And I found that by doing a search for an open source application for email on the phone, I didn't want to use a Google app for my MailFence account. After I had talked about that on the show, then I found there are other people that are using that application too. So I don't go searching for new applications very often, but when I have asked, or typically when I do need a new one, it's asking here, it's asking the community, what are you guys using? I know you brought up this topic earlier, 
So I'm like, oh, let's just do a quick search. What are new applications on Linux? And I'm just coming up with a bunch of applications that have recently been updated or whatnot, but not anything that's really new. And I guess for me at this point, that's not that big of a deal because I'm kind of locked into the same old, same old. Like everything I have is running so well that I don't need anything to replace it with. But at the same time, after you brought it up, it's like, oh, it'd be kind of neat to play with some new stuff to see some innovation, some changes on different applications. Kind of in the same boat, Wendy, like after a while, you just kind of find all the applications you really want to use and you just kind of stick with them. It's not even so much the change thing. It's just like it works. So why worry about it? We get into that sense of complacency. So we therefore the whole point of like our journey into Linux was we, we like the options and the discoverability and all the other stuff. And once we find all that, we kind of just stop exploring. <laughs> It's kind of weird for a platform that, you know, we talk about having all these options and it's the discover, uh, the, the exploration of those options that make it probably one of its biggest strengths. And yet we get curmudgeony and like, get off my lawn if we, you know, people make app recommendations for maybe trying <laughs> something different. It's really weird sometimes. I know for me, my way of discovering is just, I'll just look for something different. Like after a while, it's not even so much complacency. It's just, I just want to try something different. So like I've used Caden Live forever as my video editor. Then I went and used Cinelaria GG for probably the last year or so. And now I'm on Shotcut. And just because, because I wanted to try something different, see if something offered something better. Um, actually, Caden Live, the thing that actually set me off onto that whole land of discovery was I don't like the way they manage how you deal with titles where you create the separate image and all the other stuff. It creates too many elements in the video editor to manage, at least in the way Caden Live manages it. It irked my soul. So I went and tried other things. So for me, <laughs> it was just one little thing that sent me down the rabbit hole of discovery. And actually, I'm not going to lie, I kind of like the way Shotcut manages simple things like adding text to a video file. It's a filter. You enable it, you drag it over, change the text within the frame. There's no separate images that you have to manage like in live. Just nice, quick. It's in the clip. It's done. You can move on. So for me, that was one of the things that I preferred. Little things like that sometimes I think... If we recognize those frustrations, it will send us down that land of app discovery and everything else. I have to admit that most of the suggestions that I get for trying new apps usually comes from podcasts or, you know, the community, largely from Destination Linux and the like. And a lot of the things I try lately have been games, and I know who to blame for that. But another source for new apps that I've only just started using has been the new apps section on Flathub. It used to be Flathub didn't really have a lot of things in there. It was kind of desert, really, of new things. Didn't really have anything exciting. But if you go there today and click on new apps, there's actually a lot of really interesting things in there. Just for an example, since you know we do have a, a gaming enabler on here, I was highly, highly amused by something called Tuxemon. And I just discovered this recently. I haven't installed or anything like that. But it looks like a GNU version of Pokemon. I don't know how good it would be, but it looks very much like it. It makes me laugh because I guess everything has to be copied at this point. But nonetheless, it's uh, interesting and probably something I'll throw on my Steam Deck just because. I think that there are some good aggregators of new applications, you know, like I think like Flathub is doing a good job. I'll sometimes like watch things on Twitter, even though that is a dumpster fire as well, just because there are some interesting people out there that do recommend applications or games or whatnot. You know, if you follow the right people, you don't get as much as the cruft that's out there. And that's how I've been getting a lot of my new things. 
because someone's excited about something. But, but it does seem like there's just a lot of things that you don't see some gems out there and they're a little bit hard to find initially. Last time I did a lot of deep dive exploring was when I was noodling it. So I guess that would be six-ish years ago. I don't know. I'd have to go back in time and figure out the math to figure out how long I've been in this. At that time, I was using what you'd call a more bloated distro because it had everything in the kitchen sink already thrown into it. And then because of that, I was going through and playing with different applications or doing some searching is what they're for. I'm kind of curious as who you follow on social media and what they're saying about new applications they're running because I would love to follow those same people too. And I would like to say I'm like Matt and every once in a while I just go digging for stuff and I really don't. I guess I did look for different applications when we started the journey of coding our Lego robot and I wanted an application that we could use on the Linux laptops for doing that kind of stuff. One that would work with the Spike Prime bot. But other than that, like I really don't go digging for stuff, but it would be nice to see what's new, what's coming up, what are people excited about. I am, I'm way too stuck in my, this is the stuff that I use. The people I follow are kind of the usual suspects out there. You know, you got the Alan Popes and the Martin Wimpresses, you know, people who've been in the Linux world for quite a while, somewhere in software. Pretty much if you follow a lot of the, the talking heads in Linux, you'll find a lot of the good applications or, or some of the new stuff to try. That's who I follow. Most of them are on Twitter. Some of them are on Mastodon, but they don't seem to post as much on Mastodon as I would like. That's why I keep the Twitter around. Right. And that could be part of my problem. I don't go to Twitter. I don't hang out on Twitter. Last time I tried to use Twitter, they immediately blocked me. So Twitter can go fly kite. You have to add some uh, uBlock origin rules into Twitter to make it a good experience. Like just kind of block out whatever's the trending stuff or whatever they're trying to push down your throat. If you block all that garbage, then Twitter is actually a really nice place. But if they block you right out of the get-go, it's probably because they knew about your bad Wendy side, I'm thinking. Must have. <laughs> Nate, get it right. Maybe we should send Twitter a sinister Wendy shirt. Maybe we should. That'd probably make everything better. <laughs> the worst thing is I hadn't actually posted anything yet. Like, I literally hadn't done anything, and I was already locked out of my account. And I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Twitter. You're amazingly helpful. A burning glumster fire. <laughs> <laughs> Another place that I get applications that I'll check out is the Snapcraft IO store. They have like featured applications. A lot of them are kind of the typical you'll see like Krita, Mailspring, Spotify, the GNU image manipulation program, Slack, and so forth. But if you kind of dig in there, you'll see some games, which I think are interesting. They have things broken down by categories and whatnot. It's another good way to find interesting applications if you don't know where else to look. One of the ways that I've been finding stuff like Unate, I explore FlatHub and not so much Snapcraft. I'm just not a fan of the way it's laid out. Then again, I have issues with the way Flathub's laid out. <laughs> you just have issues, Matt. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So like, just as an example, my issue with Flathub, you, you click on like the category and say you want to look at audio and video. It just gives you a giant list of audio and video. There's no way to organize it and like, oh, I want to look for A through Z. Or There's some usability stuff that they could, you know, what's the brand newest applications and that kind of stuff in that category. That's what I mean when I have some issues with it. But overall, I think that's fine for what it is. Ironically, one of the places I go is App Image Pool. Oh. There is a flat pack for a store or software center for App Image which is redundant and I love it. 
what it does is it, there I can't remember the actual source it pulls from for app images. I think it's app image hub if I remember correctly, and it pulls those into like a store framework, you know, a GUI package manager like Discover or anything else, specifically for app images. So that's another way I've been looking and exploring different things because probably the only area I actually explore is music players, just because more of a local music player, but I like a different kind of visual aesthetic than a lot of people. For me, that's probably the biggest area that I actually explore it all depends on really, I think, the storefronts, your willingness to explore and whatnot, though. Because if you're going to be like a lot of us are, we're curmudgeoning old people now, get off my lawn, like I said earlier. It's definitely something that you have to be willing to do or willing to try. Because I think sometimes we get so set in our ways that we're not willing to, oh, maybe it is a better way. Like, I would say that sometimes I think Crit is a better image app than I, I would say GIMP is. I think it depends, like, what function you're doing. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. So a lot of people will just like, oh, GIMP is a Photoshop replacement. Well, it depends what you're doing in Photoshop. Maybe Crit is a better replacement. I've never actually right. used it like that. My daughter's used it for drawing, but I've never used it for image manipulation. And I really should, so I can see how that would go for me now learning experience it would take some time to figure out which tools and stuff but after hearing you talk about it again I'm really really curious as to if it would do a better job for the things that I'm doing with it than GIMP is. Well the nice thing is they do um, give some documentation about how to do images and stuff with it so that there is that the way they handle layers and a lot of the other stuff is going to be different obviously obviously a different app that's generally not meant for it but you can do it i'm just gonna throw that out there though i have a graphics tablet and i prefer using it with Krita because Krita seems to recognize like the different presses and whatnot of the pen and so forth i think that that's a better interface for that so i think like for drawing for sure I feel like Crit is a little bit better in that regard. That was just me dorking around with it, not because I was doing anything spectacular. I have gotten pressure sensitivity to work inside GIMP, but it's not something that's on by default. You have to go into the settings, add it as a device, and set that up in there. So it definitely is more work to get that activated inside GIMP. One of my challenges on Linux Saloon for our application appetizer shows, anytime we get suggestions, it seems like it ends up being kind of a... I don't want to say dud, but we'll go with dud, where people just don't want to do that. But no one really gives any suggestions. And I wonder if sometimes maybe we've gotten to a point where we have all the applications we really want. Is it possible that maybe we're I know, becoming a little bit more stagnant and not having the same kind of excitement as we once did with new applications? Or I'm not sure what's going on here, but like I don't have as much drive to look for new things maybe as I once did, or maybe it comes in phases. I don't know, maybe I'm too busy lately and that's why I'm not looking. But I do find that it's fun to kind of browse things, but then I see it and get excited and I, I sometimes I just fail to actually install it or even try it out. I don't know. It sounds like a me problem, ultimately. I guess the question you have to ask yourself, Nate, is the stuff you're currently using do what you needed to do? Well, of course it does. And that's probably why. I found the things I needed. And when I need new things, I do seek them out, but I'm not necessarily always looking for new things. And that kind of makes me a little bit sad because... You know, in my early computing days, I would always be excited about new 
applications. It's like I mentioned with that sense of discovery with when you first come into Linux, it's like, oh, there's new desktops. There's different desktops, there, you know, distros and yes, all the other stuff. Exactly. That level of excitement just isn't there anymore is what you're saying. I think some of that is because like for me, I used to be a Ubuntu Unity guy. There's a distro that is currently maintaining Ubuntu Unity, but I'm using Plasma and I'm using everything that is not Ubuntu Unity. Why? That project faded originally and I moved on. Am I curmudgeon and do I have my ways of only wanting to do computing? Yes, you are. Dang right I do. <laughs> <laughs> I am as curmudgeon with my computing as uh, Nate as you are with trying anything that is not OpenSUSE. Well, that's not curmudgeon at all. I'm only curmudgeon about trying anything that's Arch-based, just to be fair. Says the guy using SteamOS. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of it is that, though, is that lack of enthusiasm for discoverability because we found this, like the solutions we needed. And sometimes we kind of need a, a kick or something that irks us with something to finally be like, okay, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole and find out. And I don't think we often really look at an application anymore, especially applications, because we just kind of, it's like Windows users. They just kind of accept the problems with it and they just deal with it. It's like the example of Caden Live I gave. It irked me with the way it handles text input onto the screen for, you know, a, a video file. So it set me down a rabbit hole because I was like, ah, there's got to be a better way than doing this. It was one of those things where you just have to get to that point where you don't accept the way it is as far as how something works. Sometimes it's like, okay, I got to go discover something better. maybe, And then you go and discover and then you wait and wait and wait for an update. <laughs> you could say the same <laughs> thing about pretty much any of the software centers that do that. Yeah, that's true. Which is why I prefer to do all of my updates in the terminal. Yeah, same here. I don't know. I use Pomac, so don't want to tell you. I like Pac-Man, the game. Miss Pac-Man's even better. If you want to play Pac-Man, the game, open a terminal and type in pseudo Pac-Man and then install some applications. <laughs> <laughs> Not on anything that I own. I will do that. Says the guy <laughs> with a Steam OS. It's, uh, it's got a lockdown uh, file system, so I can't even do that if I want to. Oh, don't. You can, you can unlock it. <laughs> don't. I know. <laughs> I know you can unlock it. You have enough technical knowledge where you could totally bypass that. <laughs> nope. Nope. I don't. Because I haven't read up on how to do it. I don't want to. Until something finally right. irks you that you do. So tell us what you think. Throw in your two or maybe three or four cents if you're feeling generous. And tell us how you discover new applications. Has there been anything that's excited you that's been new that you just are dying to tell the whole world? Well, tell us. And uh, we'd love to hear about it. This episode of Linux Out Loud is sponsored by Bitwarden. Bitwarden is the password manager that we use and trust. Bitwarden lets you set up things like a pin to easily access your password manager, as well as additional authentication, such as master passwords, and adding phrases to fingerprint security, all to keep your passwords safe. Bitwarden is the easiest and safest way for individuals, teams, and businesses to store, share, and sync their sensitive data. Go to bitwarden.com slash tux to get started for free. Say you want that premium account that starts at just $10 per year. What comes with that? One gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, and Duo, belt health reports, TOTP authenticator storage and generation, plus priority customer support. Make the smart move like many in the community have and go to bitwarden.com slash T-U-X to get started for free. 
If you're like me though, you want to show your appreciation for this awesome open source project by signing up for that premium edition, especially since it starts at just $10 a year. Thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Linux Out Loud. Wendy, I see that you are poking around in the Humble Bundle store again. So what is it that has tickled your fancy? It has been quite a while since I've hung out over there and seeing what they have. And as we're preparing for this next school year and robotics team, I actually see they have a really awesome bundle for Python. By the time this show drops, you guys won't get to see it anymore. But this is one of the things I'm going to be sending out for the kids later today. Just so they have some other resources at home, some different references, some additional classes and stuff that they can do on their own because the older group is going to be writing their entire code for their robot in Python instead of doing it in Scratch like we did last year. This has some really neat classes, some that are geared towards younger kids, which I find really cool. And even if... You can't snag this bundle. Obviously, it'll be gone by the time this show drops because we're recording on the 25th of July and this says it's only got three days, two hours and 56 minutes left. So yeah, it'll definitely be gone by the time it comes out on the 3rd of August. But it's still neat to see some of these classes and stuff that are out there that are geared toward beginners, geared toward kids and helping them get started with Python. And there's a lot of that in this current bundle. So it's one that I'm going to be snagging and one I'm going to be sharing with our robotics team saying, hey, this is a great way to kind of help prep for this coming year and get them doing some coding at home instead of just when they're with us for robotics team. Well, that's quite the bundle, 27 items. I know that I would need them all, but it'd be nice to have, especially like automate the boring stuff with Python. That would be handy. Yes, that one sounds great. You could like automate all the conversations I have with Matt. <laughs> Well, you know, the Michael bot is written in Python. Oh. Oh, sorry, Nate. Uh, I kind of had a Python block of anytime you talk, my headphones go off. So, you know, you were saying something. Oh, okay. That's good. It's <laughs> nothing, silence. Nothing at all. Nate, the best. The game of the week this week has to be one of the best. You only bring us your favorites. What is it, Matt? The game I actually chose this week is As Dusk Falls. It is a interactive story-based game. I use the term game very loosely. I would say more interactive movie. It was probably be more accurate. There's very little in the way of gameplay. It's a branching, choose-your-own-adventure kind of game. The art style is something I really, really like. It's like a motion comic is probably the best way to explain it. So the way it's not a fluid motion within the way the story is told and like cutscenes and all that stuff. There are some of those scenes, like some of the kind of foreground elements, like a moving car will still be moving, but the character models so much aren't because they have this comic book kind of water painted feel to the characters and the movement and the way they're doing stuff. So it's a really fun game as far as like if you want a story focused game. Kind of a hefty game as far as price though. I don't know if it's worth 30 bucks. If you really want a story based game though with a unique art style, I would put this up there probably with like something like Detroit Become Human which is also kind of in the the same sphere of game where it's story focused and narrative driven and 
not art style, but there's a lot of serious voice acting. There's a lot of different choices and consequence systems that you can make. So every choice has a consequence and you get to see how that plays out and kind of the ending state of the game and where people end up at the end of it. So definitely a interesting game. It's on Xbox Game Pass. I played it on the Series X. Um, I believe it, at least the one report on Proton DB says that it generically works with Steam Deck. That was the only report for it, though, currently. I'm going to assume probably if there's any issues when it comes to these type of games on Linux specifically, it's usually some type of encoding thing. You'll get the old school Technicolor, you know, rainbow bars across the TV as far as what should be playing isn't. Do keep that in mind. This is more Windows-y and specifically um, console. So do keep that in mind. It's definitely a neat art style. It looks like they actually used actual actors and then just cartoonified them maybe a little bit or water paint is that what you said watercolor paint them yeah the closest way i can describe it is it's like a motion comic scanner darkly for those that know what that movie is which is uses live actors with what they call rotoscoping so it gives you that cartoony Mm. kind of cell shaded look to the characters it's definitely unique and yeah 30 dollars is probably a little bit pricey for a guy like me but if you're looking at buying a 4k disc at a store, it's about 30 bucks. So not like it's totally out of line. Oh, no, it's not. Like, I wouldn't call it overpriced. I just know, like, it's a very specific niche of people who will like that kind of style of genre of game that I could easily recommend. If you're a story-focused person, 30 bucks for this particular game, totally go ahead. You'll enjoy it. But if you're more, oh, I want gameplay, I want X, Y, or Z, eh, maybe when it's on sale. <laughs> it's a neat suggestion for sure. Definitely sticks to the face on a hot July day, that's for sure. Actually, Wendy, <laughs> the one thing you would like about this, there's a portion of the game that talks about where you're from. Hanging out out west for a little bit, huh? Yep, yep. <laughs> so while I'm talking about a game that has to deal with the sun and dusk and all that stuff, Nate, you're actually dealing with the sun in a more literal sense. I am. Um, I think last week I talked a little bit about my solar electric system is installed it's not fully operational yet i don't have all the inspections done yet on it to be able to put back onto the grid but i'm having some issues with it so the dimmer switches i have in my house seem to be very sensitive to the photovoltaic circuitry it's causing there to be some noise on the power lines which causes all my dimmer switches like the lights to flicker a little bit and actually it completely blew out some of the dimmer switches entirely that they don't even work anymore so i had to replace them with toggles I like being able to dim the lights in some of the rooms, so I can still do it in the living room and my bedroom, but there is some flickering. I purchased a few different power filtration devices. The first one I installed only kind of works. It doesn't really filter it out entirely. So I purchased another one, and I haven't installed it yet, but I'm hoping that it'll get rid of all the flicker. That'll get all the noise out of the line. I still have to take my oscilloscope and actually find out how much noise is there. And I did discuss the issue with the company that installed the system. So there's going to be some ongoing work to kind of uh, smooth all this stuff out. But I'm hoping that I can get this completely fixed and I can have all my dimmer switches back in place. But for a while there, I had no light in my kitchen whatsoever. And that was frustrating. But I have light now. I'm slowly working things out. Hopefully in the next few weeks, when I can actually dedicate the time to it, I'll be able to be back up to normal smart house operations. This has got to be really frustrating to finally have them installed. Yeah, there's more testing to do, but then them not working the way you want them to be and causing issues with all of the work that you've done in the house. It's like I solve some problems. When I go to solve more problems, I introduce different problems. It's kind of like Linux. You get some bug fixes or some enhancements and then your Bluetooth breaks. Kind of feels like that right now. (laughs) Nate, in fairness, I'm not going to say just Linux. That's just an OS thing across the board. (laughs) Oh, sure. That's true. 
But I'm just saying it's it's funny to see how improvements interfere with other things and so forth. It's really wild, the parallels between how fixes in other physical life stuff interferes with other things, just like you would have in software. But Nate, that's what leads to discoverability of new things. It's true. And then eventually some sort of a blog post or a blathering on my site that hopefully helps people out with the solutions. Call that job security or website security. Who knows? Something to talk <laughs> about on this show another day. I call that... What Michael would hashtag is shameless self-promotion or a shameless <laughs> plug. If someone will come back to this show and maybe suggest some things, that would be great too. Now it's your turn to toss in your two cents on today's topics. Hit the discourse forum, drop us a line under this video, or on the contact form by visiting tuxdigital.com contact. If you'd like to hang out with us on our preferred social media, see the links at the bottom of the show description. Find other great shows like Hardware Addicts, Gamesphere, Linux Saloon, and more at TuxDigital.com. Show off your love for your favorite podcast and shows by visiting the Tux Digital merch store. Grab yourself some awesome swag like the gamer-centric I pause my game to be here shirt or join hashtag Team Wendy with some sinister Wendy swag. As always, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with another awesome sort of Linux Out Loud. Until then, keep the banter friendly, Matthew. Conversation somewhat on topic and have fun doing it. Mm-hmm.